This chazar is echnish about chesed shalak. Remember, we have to be careful. Daf mem beit. Zaknu. Another brayse gives another drush on the pasuk of balash or naki. The brayse brings Rabbi Yisak Lili, who says that the pasuk teaches that the owner is potter from paying half the damages for a miscarriage that it causes if it attacks a pregnant woman. Or Kiva asked him. The pasuk says that if men are fighting and one causes a woman to have a miscarriage by hitting her, the man must pay the value of the unborn babies to the husband of this woman. The pasuk says anoshim, which teaches that only men are chay for this damage and oxen are not. So your drush is not needed because we see we have it from this drush, from this pasuk. is good. So Rabbi Ula, the son of Ridi, said, we would think that the Pasuk teaches that men must pay for this, but not oxen that are like men, meaning oxen that are a muid. However, maybe a tam should have to pay. That's why Rabbi Ula says the Pasuk needs to teach it. A tam doesn't pay. Rabbi said this seems backwards to say that a tam would be treated more stringently than a muid and to say that's why a Pasuk is needed. Rather, the reason Rabbi Ula says this Pasuk is needed is because we would have thought to Darshan that the Pasuk says men are high for this damage, which we which should teach that oxen, which are like men, meaning that a muid, would be putter. And using a kavachim, we then learn that a tam is putter as well. Rabbi Ula therefore uses the Pasuk the teacher, only a Thomas Potter, and therefore a Muad is Chayev. Abaye asks, if this is a proper drusha, we should darshan, we should also darshan that a Muad ox is Chayev to pay for embarrassment. The, the Pasuk says that men must pay for Boishas, and we should say that the oxen that are like men, meaning they're a Muad, be Potter, and using Kavach Chaymer, we should then learn that a Thomas Potter as well. We could then say that a Habala Sharanaki teaches that only a Thomas Potter, but a Muad is Chayev. If Rabbi Yasei actually darshans this drusha, and he should add Boishas to his drusha in the Brisa. Rather, Abaye and Rabbi both say the drusha of Yasei must be understood as follows. We would think that the Pasuk teaches that men are Chayev to pay for the unborn babies if the the woman is not killed, but if the woman is killed, they'll be potter from paying because the man himself must be killed. However, an ox should be chayif to pay for the unborn babies whether the woman is killed or not. The Pasuk of Abalash therefore teaches that the owner of the ox would be potter from the payment for the unborn babies. Rabadar Rahava asks, the man who hit the woman will be potter from paying for the unborn babies not based on whether the woman is killed, but rather based on whether there was intent to kill the person he killed. If so, the, per- the, the Pasuk does not teach that he would be potter based on the killing of the woman and therefore would not lead to needing the Pasuk of a balashar, like you have said above. Rather, Rabbi Bar-Hava said we would learn from the pasuk regarding the men that if the men intend to kill each other, mistakenly kill the woman, they would be chayiv, They would still be chayiv to pay for the unborn children. But if they intended to kill the woman, they'd be potter from paying. We would learn that regarding an ox, even if it intended to kill the woman and killed her, the the owner would still be chayiv to pay for the unborn babies. The pasuk of balashar therefore teaches that the owner is potter from paying for the miscarriage. Rabbi Chage of the south sort of rice like the, that says like this as well. Another Brisa gives another drush on the Pasuk of Balashanaki. The Brisa says that Rekiva uses the Pasuk to teach that a Tom is potter from having to pay the 30 shekel if it kills a slave. Rekiva should, in fact, Rekiva should ask himself, like he asked Rebbe before, that this Tom will be put to death and therefore has no value. Since the Tom only pays on the value of his body, it's clear that he won't pay the 30 shekel. Rekiva Yitzhak said that Rekiva is referring to where the owner shekeled the animal before it was brought to Besna. We would think that to, to, to therefore use it for payment, the Pasuk therefore teaches that since it was supposed to be put to death, no payment is made. Based on this answer, why did Rekiva realize? Eliezer could have been referring to this case as well when he said that the Pasuk is needed to teach it that Tom does not pay half Kaifer. Whereas Rabbi Kiva did realize this. However, he, he thought that maybe Eliezer has another better answer, and that's why he asked him the question. In fact, why didn't Rabbi Eliezer Taka offer this answer? And for the more, Rabbi Eliezer felt that in the case that he gave, where the animal intended to kill an animal and instead killed a person, where the animal is not high of Misa, that is where I need the Pasuk to say that he's also potter from Kaif. However, in the case of Rabbi Akiva, where the axe is Chayav Misa, but the owner quickly shechted it before it was sentenced, we don't even need a Pasuk to teach that he's potter from paying Kaif. In fact, this seems to be logical. So why did Rabbi Akiva think that if not for the Pasuk, we would uh, think that this animal must pay the 30 shekel? So Rabbi Asi, and Rabbi Yossi, the son of Rabbi Hanina, says, since Rabbi Akiva holds that if a Tom injures a person, the owner must pay full damages, we would say that a Tom must also pay the 30 shekel for the slave, even beyond the value of the body of the animal. The Pasuk therefore comes and teaches. 
teaches that he does not have to pay that. And a bryce Rabbi Akiva clearly says that a tam only pays from the value of its body, even if it pays nezek sholem when it when it hurts a person. So rather, Rava said that the reason why the pasuk is needed according to Rabbi Akiva is that since we find that we are more machmer for the killing of a slave than we are for a free man, because kaifer for killing a free man is limited to the true value of the person, whereas payment for killing a slave is always thirty shekel, even if he's worth a lot less. We would think that we're also more machmer, and therefore a tam would pay for the slave even beyond the value of the animal's body. The pasuk therefore teaches that a tam does not pay the thirty shekel. A brisa says like Rava just explained as well. Zakhmarvaita Bryce says the Pasuk says regarding a muid, Vehemis Ish Oy Isha. Rikiva says it can't be your teaching that a muid is high for killing a woman just like for killing a man, because another Pasuk already says Kiyakshar S Ish Oy S Isha. Rather, the Pasuk comes to teach a hekish between a man and a woman that just like the damages owed to a man will go to his Yarshim, so too the damages owed to, owed to a woman will go to her Yarshim and not to her husband. Fakman or Bryce or Rabbi Kiva clearly says that a husband inherits a wife, so why does he say differently over here? Rishlaka said Rabbi Akiva in the first price was referring to a kaifer payment. The husband does not get the kaifer payment given for his wife who was killed because the husband only inherits the assets that were actually possessed by the wife before she died. Kaifer is not levied until after the actual death, as we learn from Apostle, and therefore he doesn't get that. Fekmar Bryce says that even for payments of damages, the husband does not inherit the wife. So how can Rishlokr say that it only applies to Kaifer? So Rabba and Rav Nachman said that Bryce is discussing a divorced woman. Although the Bryce also says that the money for any miscarriage goes to the husband, that's true even if they are divorced, because our Papa explained that the Pasuk ref- uh, teaches that the father is always entitled to this payment for the miscarriage, even if the pregnancy came about through Zanus. Fekmar, why couldn't Rabba say that the cases where they're still married? Married, but the, that the mazik is, be, is paying damages to the wife after the after her death using money, in which case Rabbi holds that she is not considered to have been in possession of the money before she died, which would be why the husband doesn't inherit this money. And if Nachman could have said that the payment was made with land because he holds that a payment of land is not considered to have been in her possession before the death. After the murder, they only said that these assets are considered not to have been in her possession according to Rabban and Averit Yisrael, who say that a loan is not considered to be in the creditor's possession. And the Brisa, where they discussed the divorced woman, they gave their answer according According to Rebbe, who says that a debt is always considered to be in the possession of the creditor.